This is a crowd podcast. Welcome to Go Love Yourself, the podcast where we're all trying to love ourselves a little bit more. <laughs> wow, I'm so turned on. Talk dirty to me, Laura. <laughs> Get your baps out for the lad. <laughs> I really want a bat plow. I want a Belgian bun. I'm hungry. Anyway. My Laura, how are you? <laughs> I feel like the go-to response is, I'm good, how are I'm you? I'm good, how are you? But <laughs> we're not doing so great today, are we? On the day of recording this, both of us are not having the best days of our lives. Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling a bit. I've got um, I've got a condition which I don't know how to pronounce, but I'm going to try. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's called hydrodynitis suppurativa. Oof. That is so many. Have you taken your retainer out? Because that would be so fun with <laughs> yes, your revisalign in, wouldn't it? <laughs> But um, yeah, it's basically a really horrible, painful condition where you get like these sort of cysts and abscesses in like predominantly your like, armpits, under your boobs and in your groin. Sometimes your butt cheeks, Smithy, it's absolutely so glamorous. No. Yeah, I've had it since I was really young. I remember having my first one in primary school and being like, what is this? Um, and then I was like officially diagnosed about, I want to say like 12 years ago, but it's untreatable. I think it is sort of hormone linked. It's, it predominantly affects women and like younger women as in like kind of my age. But it's, um, yeah, it's it's pretty shit to be honest with you. And it leaves you with like, they're really painful and then it leaves you with a lot of scarring. Um, I've got a lot of scarring under armpits and in my boobs and in my like upper thighs. So it's it's really horrible and it really gets me down because it's painful and it just makes me feel really like unfeminine and like, gross to be honest with you yeah I'm, I'm on antibiotics and I'm just trying to take it easy and like eat vegetables and lots of water and all the stuff but um it's yeah. a it's surprising actually tell you what's been amazing is that I put something up on on Instagram on my story saying that I was having a bit of a down day the other day and it was really kind of getting to me and I explained a little bit about the condition and I honestly have had hundreds hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of messages from people saying oh my god I have this too and no one talks about it and I feel ashamed or from people saying that they've had it for years but they didn't know that it was actually like a thing they, that they'd been to the doctor and the doctor was just like oh you need to wash more or it's because you're overweight or of whatever course, yeah, obviously. obesity is a factor of it um, but it's not the only reason why you can get it like there are slimmer people that get it as well um, so yeah, anyone that listening that that Garland gets the same, I just wanted to say, hey, you're not alone. And um, well, yeah, it sucks, but at least you're not the only one. <laughs> I don't know if that helps <laughs> at all, but um... no, it does though, because didn't like you said, some people like they didn't even know what it was. They just thought it was a thing that they had. Yeah, and I will also say just quickly that I went to my GP and I was like, I've, I'm really lucky with my GP, and I know that I'm really lucky because I know this isn't always the case because it hasn't always been the case for me. But I thought he was going to mention my weight or my lifestyle choices, but he didn't. Mm. He actually put me on the antibiotics and then he actually said about making a referral for potentially even having some surgery because like the scarring is that bad and I'm getting them quite a lot that he said that they could potentially do something to kind of stop the sweat glands. So I just thought that was really nice. I'm, I'm absolutely adamant that I'll get to the hospital and they'll be like, we can't do any surgery because your BMI's over 30. Sorry, goodbye. <laughs> anyway, that's enough of my growth armpit stories <laughs> you're so welcome all of you how are you because I know that you are not having the best day no. what's going on I mean like I will start this with I'm clearly hormonal because I've been emotional and angry about things that I probably shouldn't be emotional and angry about in the last 48 hours and I don't really know if this is the thing if hormones get worse as you get older like you feel 
in the lead up to coming on your period where you feel those emotions so much bigger than I used to. Like I never used to get mm. angry. Now I'm like, I hate the fucking world. But yeah, today I'm struggling because at the time of recording this, I've sort of listened back to our episode of last week when we spoke about me struggling with the dating stuff and saying that I'm solidly not dating at the minute because of my size, of my body. And I just feel really shit about it today because I'm, I am I hate that I feel that way, one. And then I hate that I feel that way because of the fact that I co-host a podcast all about self-acceptance and self-love. And it's like the biggest, I feel, I feel such guilt about the fact that I don't like my it's okay. I feel guilt for everyone listening and follows us on Instagram and stuff because I'm like, oh, hey, I'm not dating right now because I don't think my body is worthy of being in a relationship. And I know I am. And I know it's all silly. And I, I promise you, it's more emotional because I'm hormonal, I think. But that's just something that's happening today. And there's no like nice answer for it. It's just I need to go to sleep and wake <laughs> up tomorrow morning, hopefully. <laughs> a better mood but also like you're allowed bad days like I really appreciate you being so honest on here and I know that everyone else will as well because the thing is like neither of us are perfect we don't claim to be and I Mm. think that's the problem when sometimes people think oh you're you're body positive or you're body confident or you're an ambassador for that is that you think that it means that you have to love your body every single day and actually that isn't realistic for anyone no matter your size and Mm. like we've spoken before as well like about you know, if if we could make, wave a magic wand, I guarantee 99.9% of people would say, like, if, if you can wave a magic wand and you'd be smaller or in a standard body kind of thing, like, would you? Mm. They would say yes. And not maybe even because they want yeah. to be, but because that's what, because of the societal pressures. It's just so much easier. It's just easier. It's just so much easier. Like, the, I think we are going to do an episode on this, but um, just the extra bits of dating when you're bigger are just, you know, I want to go to, um, there's a particular app where they run events every Thursday, uh, like singles events, and you go along. And I'm like, I'd love to do one of them. But in my head, I'm like, well, I'm going to be going there with all these really slim young girls and like these guys, who are they going to choose? And I don't think that's necessarily an irrational thought. I think that's actually quite factual in a lot of cases, but I'm doing myself an injustice because I'm fabulous and I'm doing people you that are. look like me an injustice because we're all fabulous. I think it, the, the point to make is that it's not always you, is it, and how you feel. It's about the fact that we live in a fat phobic society where the worst thing that you can be is fat. And so things like dating, which are scary anyway, no matter what your body you know, type or size or whatever is really scary but when you are bigger you have that extra kind of like you're wearing it immediately aren't you like but it's funny mm. because like listening to what you were saying about feelings and I, I genuinely like, I look at you and I don't see I don't see a bigger person mm. I literally just see like this be like genuinely like I, I just think you're so beautiful like inside and out and it's oh, like I always say to you don't I like you're a literal ray of sunshine and you and you are and I I just wish like you could see what I see and what other people see because any mm. bloke would honestly be so lucky to have you and I think that you're yeah. literally just thinking that because you're in a slightly bigger body that you're therefore unworthy of love and I feel like that's ingrained in us and it is ridiculous like I don't mean that in horror like your feelings are totally valid yeah no it's it's stupid but it is sad that we are made to feel like that yeah it's stupid it's a thing and I think for me and a lot of other people there's some emotional stuff in there about you know like previous relationships and stuff and you know cheers appreciate that (laughs) like level of just like (laughs) 
commitment phobe now but yeah you know we'll deal with that it's fine but I yes I'm glad that we talked about that and got that off our chest and talked about that sometimes we don't have all the best times in our lives yeah this um, podcast is like free therapy I love it <laughs> A few people listening to our three for free therapy. There we go. We can speak words. <laughs> I actually had a chat with somebody today about um, she is an anti-diet binge eating recovery specialist. <gasps> and I'm very tempted to go on her program. I'm not going to say anything until I've done it, but I will keep you posted on that. But I'm quite excited. That sounds so promising. It's not about losing weight. It's literally just about, no, no, no. It's about having a healthy relationship with food and like ignoring that moralization yeah. of food and food being good and bad. And also, like I said to you on another podcast, what was it, a couple of weeks ago? The binge eating has gotten a little mm. bit out of control and I feel like I'm in self-sabotage mm. mode. So I'll let you know how I get on with that. Yes. This, I, don't, I mean, that job title was like all the words that we want to hear. So <laughs> right? I'm here for it, babes. Yeah, love this. Good. Oh, love this is a proper catch. I love this is a proper catch up, even though we literally saw each other a few days ago, right? Yeah, we did. We <laughs> saw each other. We went out for the football, didn't we? We got to talk about the football, oh my God. babes. It was so good. It's not even coming home anymore. It is home. It's home oh they did so well didn't they it was really lovely to watch it with you as well oh. me and lauren are would it, is it fair to say not really like your typical football fans but obviously we had to get behind no, I, could, I can't stand it so, yeah but um oh it was just so bloody heartwarming watching them and we got so it excited it was we? amazing and so yeah i know i'm hormonal because i cried most of sunday <laughs> i'd say <laughs> most of the day the football's on because i just thought it was so inspiring and all like clips and stuff that were shown before the football about you know young girls getting into football and and the stories of some of the players and stuff i was just like this is ridiculous because you know laura and i were 33 years old girls football was really not a viable option for us when we were at school no. you know 15 20 years ago that's ridiculous and now we've just won the euros which the men could never do so the gal damn had to do it <laughs> i do what it is in me but i just really love that like i mean obviously i was really right. behind the boys and i was guided for them and then all the stuff that happened afterwards was horrific but i do love yeah. the fact that the girls brought it home i do i can't help girls it, brought it home because the man can <laughs> mate and do you know one of the things i loved as well was that there is no there was no reports of any arrests at the game yeah there was i haven't seen any reports or i have tried to look for any violence mm. around wembley or anything like that and we know the stories that happened yeah at the 2020 final last year you know that goes to show a lot about women's football I think it's so empowering I am just obsessed they're such role models for young girls and I just it's the dawn of the women Laura I'm just here for it, really it. Is. we're taking over Beyonce was right you know <laughs> So it's been a few weeks since we've recorded just us two. Uh, so today we wanted to do a bit of a chilled one, a bit of a chilled episode and a bit of a catch up, which we've kind of already had and we will continue to have this whole episode and a Q&A. Yeah, so we asked you guys on Instagram and on our Facebook group if you had any questions for us. Thank you so, so much to all of you who sent in your questions. Should we start off with some lighter ones after that heavy introduction? Oh, oh God, why do they get deep? How deep are we going? <laughs> yeah, no, let's do some light ones. Kick us okay, off, Okay, so Connie has asked, if you could only eat one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? First of all, hi, Connie. Second of all, pardon? I mean... Right, I'm in between two things. This is essentially like almost like your death row meal, right? Is this death row dinner or is this one food type though? That's Wait, the- hold on. This is- <laughs> so me and Laura take these, convers- <laughs> these food questions really seriously. Is it a one dish or is it mm. a food type? 
Am I having Mexican or am I just having fajitas for the rest of my life? You know? Oh, yeah. Okay, let's do both. Let's do death row dinner and let's do like, if yeah. you had to pick like one item, like potatoes, chocolate, bread. Do you know what I mean? Okay, go. Uh, so my death row dinner, if I'm just having the one course, will be my mum's roast dinner. And my mum's roast dinner will kick everyone else's roast dinner out of the park. Don't even come at me. Every, like the best <laughs> the best restaurant in the world could not do my mum's roast dinner better than she can. So we're having that for my death row dinner. And then sticky toffee pudding and custard afterwards, obviously. I know you sticky toffee pudding. Do you? Yeah, I don't remember. We went to the pub recently. You bought a couple of little like snackette things. And then I went up to get us pudding. And they were like, sorry, the kitchen's closed. And <laughs> We were honestly oh, devastated. Yeah. So I owe you a stick of pudding. Anyway. She was bereft. <laughs> Actually, was. we both we're both bereft. <laughs> I was just like, sorry, we don't understand. It wasn't it like eight o'clock or something, and they just, yeah, were, just like, like were choosing to close the kitchen. We're like, excuse me, <laughs> sticky toffee puds. Oh yeah, you owe me a sticky toffee puds. Um what would your death row dinner be? It would definitely be a race dinner as well, I think. It would be probably like Christmas dinner but with chicken. <gasps> And it would be, is it really, really big headed to say that it would be my race dinner? <laughs> <laughs> no, oh but I, I do, love that. No, but I, do, I like my race dinners because I like, I'm, I'm quite fussy, I don't, I think, um, when it comes to food. Funnily, people will <laughs> maybe think that, but I am. Um, so yeah, maybe that. But if it was one of food type, it would probably be chocolate. Mine was just about to say mine would be chocolate all day, every day. Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember a day that goes past where I don't have chocolate. And I think... Like, life is too fucking short if you ain't having chocolate every day. I agree. Uh, quick question. On our death row dinners, uh, I'm assuming we are including in there pigs in blankets and some sort of cauliflower Hell, cheese, if not yes. just like... And stuffing. Yeah, okay, cool. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, stuffing. That's what makes it for me is the little, like, the accompaniments. The little yeah, bits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so hungry. Me too. I'm starving now. <laughs> Oh. I'm not doing this. It's so not okay. Right, let's move on from a food question. Uh, so the next question we had was from Hannah. Hi, Hannah. And she asked, what are you watching at the minute? Good question. Good question. So yeah, I'm actually struggling. I feel like there's nothing on at the moment, which I know is really bad to say because you can't obviously complete <laughs> 74 Netflix. streaming platforms. <laughs> I <yeah>. know. <laughs> so I'm actually re-watching This Is Us because um, I just find it really like easy to watch and it's like a feel-good show. So I love that. And I love watching uh, Chrissy Metz, one of the very, very few plus-size actresses. I love watching her in that. Um, but I'm very much even looking forward to the new series of Handmaid's Tale because I think that's probably one of my favourite shows ever. Are you serious? Yeah, what? Don't you I- like it? <laughs> so i've started it i've watched i haven't eat, it's taken me about a year and a half to get through season one of handmaid's tale it is so fucking depressing yeah i, it, I love it uh, no like how can you <laughs> can that be your favorite thing oh but it's so well written and like it is hor- horrific but it's horrific <laughs> it's it's i just think it's beautifully shot and it's um very political and i i love it I love it. I love Jean, the main character. She's such a badass. Badass? Badass. How do you say that when you're a British? You, you have to put on the accent. Badass. <laughs> She's badass. <laughs> She's oh badass. God, that was so cringe. Uh, please, please delete that from the recording. Thanks. What about you? <laughs> <laughs> um, mate, I cannot agree with you. I don't, I've realised in the last, I'm going to say month, I cannot watch depressing series is, is because they make me feel very sad. I need lighthearted comedy at all times. So essentially like everyone's comfort show Shows, that's the only thing I can watch. So I'm re-watching at the minute Modern Family. Nice. It's, it's essentially a rotation between, and we know this, Shit's Creek, New Girl, Friends, The Office, Parks and Rec. 
anything like that just lovely comfort shows and then my ultimate comfort show is Miranda and literally I watched about an episode before we started this because I was feeling sad so I watched an episode of Miranda and it always makes me really happy <laughs> pretty much hate everything that you said on that list <laughs> what you hate Parks and Rec in the office how it's just like it's just a hug in a show basically if it's not you know really miserable and dark and gritty or drama based I'm just not interested I like really like yeah emotional things <laughs> mate I can't cope with how different we are like let, so there, there's right there are some fundamental things between me and Laura that like mean we shouldn't be friends one the fact that your favourite fucking TV show of all time is Handmaid's Tale it's brilliant don't knock and it and mine's like new girl <laughs> and then also the fact that i adore abba i could li- i could only listen to abba for the rest of my life oh and that's your response God. and i think you're incorrect like it's not a difference of opinion i think you're actually just wrong <laughs> for not like it <laughs> that is so rude <laughs> <laughs> yeah i didn't hold back did i sounds about that but like no she would go see mamma mia she doesn't like pop style musicals which are my favorite and I don't like American comedy style. I don't like anything with tin laughter. I think Friends is shit. <gasps> I think you're shit. I can't cope. <laughs> I really ran right. She was in a bad thing before she will be now. <laughs> I hate it. I Do really I don't mean, like, like it. This? It's pointless. The Big Bang Theory. I, I literally, it makes me angry. Like Matt will watch it sometimes. And I honestly, I find myself filled with rage. <laughs> shit is. Mrs. Brown's Boys is another one. Who oh, commissioned this shit? There are no words for that programme. I don't get okay, it. We agree on I'm something. I'm with you on that. That's good. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so there you go guys even like i think yeah the differences are what makes it fun and Definitely. i just think you're absolutely weird but don't worry well about likewise it, but that's why we're friends <laughs> speaking of, on that subject <laughs> someone has actually asked us um how we became friends do you want to tell them well i mean i really want this to be this like romantic tale of you know we saw each other across a crowded room and just like we knew we saw each other across a crowded office in a place called Snodland in Kent, <laughs> which people think is a made-up town and it ain't. <laughs> we met at work. We worked together for what, like 10 months? Yeah, about that. Became close and then you fucked off and left me at the end. Goodbye. Yeah, no. And then we got we got close again, didn't we? We got close again. But it is hard, isn't it? I think one of the questions we actually had was about finding friendships and maintaining friendships as you're older. And I have definitely found that has been a challenge um especially i will say with my friends that have had kids oh and i man. think it's the same for people that have had kids maintaining friendships with people that don't because they they will say like oh people without kids they don't really understand it's not just that i think as you get older as well like i've become a bit more picky with friends and cut off like peripheral friendships i'm only interested in like mm. the the good ones where you can be like i'm having a bad day rather than just like i'm fine han how yeah. are you i can't be can't be doing with the high hand <laughs> friendships superficial no, like really hi han you're okay yeah you're okay yeah you're good yeah how's boys yeah all right yeah you i must catch up soon yeah oh we'll catch up we'll put something in the diary i can't i just can't do it it makes me i want to anyway. kill everyone at that so yeah that was horrible yeah <laughs> so yeah it's really challenging basically i think isn't it adult friendships it's a bit of a minefield sometimes god it's such a minefield and it's so difficult and there are so many people i'm gonna say everyone would struggle with it i'm i'm really lucky in that I have got quite a few friends and I've got three sort of key friendship groups with a few of us in them and I've maintained them all. But those friendship groups were created, one at primary school, one at secondary school, one at uni. 
So making friends in adulthood is so hard. Mm. You know, tips for making friends. I think we'll get on to maintaining friends because that's a whole different kettle of fish. Oh my goodness. Making friends in adulthood is really hard because like you've really got to go for it. Unless you're making friends at something like work where you're just with each other all the time. But I would say a lot, like 99.9% of work friendships do not survive on the outside because they just don't, your your commonality is is work. So for me, I've made, (laughs) I think maybe two friends in adulthood and they're my choir girls because I went to choir, put myself out there. I went to a activity of something that I love and I sat down next to one girl one day. We connected over ABBA. We literally connected oh, over I'm so Abba, happy so, for yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went out the next day and then I saw her again and then we chatted to another girl and then it's us three and we go to musicals like all the time. That's so nice. So yeah. I think a tip for making adult friends is is find your people within a something that you love. So whatever mm, that is, yeah. like people are making friends in our Facebook community group, which is our favourite thing in the whole wide world. And the thing that you've got in common there is like finding your fat friends. If you're the only fat person in a group, that's really fucking hard. And people are finding their friends and it's just so lovely. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? I think the hobbies thing is a, is a or in, common interest is great. My mum actually, funny enough, joined a choir as well. And she found some new friendship through that. And then she also started volunteering as well for the fire service. And she got a job in her, like, as a sort of part-time job in her, in addition to her job. She's like superwoman. Oh um, my God, in yeah. addition, <laughs> I know, um, at like a local kind of theatre. I'm sorry, is, should actually I be best friends with your mum? Because, <laughs> I think uh, she like... <laughs> But she was saying that she was struggling a bit of loneliness because she lives on her own. And so she did that. Yeah, there's loads yeah. of things. But I struggle with loneliness, even I still do. I feel like I always had a best friend growing up. And then I feel like as you get older, it's harder to find mm. that because people have got obviously other lives. And... It's harder to keep that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, f- I sometimes feel like I'm not the best friend because I still really struggle. I think I've spoken to you about this before. I struggle with sort of like knowing why anyone would want to be my friend so I feel like sometimes I don't maybe put the effort I know it's weird and so, yeah she looked at me and I was shaking my head and like <laughs> the eye was the eye roll her around the world because it's so silly and it, it's absolutely valid you're not the only person that thinks that but oh it breaks my heart that anyone would think that they don't deserve friends I'm a bit of a like I like, I like my own company but then they come to the point where I'm like, I'm really lonely. So yeah, it's weird. I'm weird. It's all fine. You're like an almost like an extroverted introvert, aren't you? So I you, am. you need the real mix of like the alone time and the friend time. But also you work really bloody hard as well. So that's the thing. And then, uh, yeah, adult friendships. I think it's maintaining them mm. because again, so I'm really lucky that I've maintained friendships with the majority of people that were in my groups when I was younger you know some are falling away as naturally they do but even like with my best 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 friends people's lives move at different paces and so it really is when people have children and the first kid you can kind of just about keep a semblance of your friendship I found and I love my girls and like did like literally I'll cry about how much I love them all you can some keep kind of a friendship going and when there's a second kid it's almost impossible because obviously any spare time that they have, they want to spend as a family, mm. rightly fucking so. Yeah, yeah. And then with my attitude, I'm like, no, 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 you deserve to have some like non-mum time and friend time. And one friendship group with me and Stacey, we've got five of the other girls and they have all got kids. I think everyone's got at least two. Some of them have got three. There's just thousands of them running about. <laughs> and, you know, me and Stacey want to organise something with the girls where it's just us seven 
where, you know, not even with the boys and the husbands and not with the kids because we love our friends so much and I want to spend mm. time with them. But that's not always easy for them. And that's not something I'm going to think about when I'm trying to organise things. So the difference of your, like, where your lives are is really hard to maintain friendships. But my advice is just to try and get at least a couple of things in the diary a year, which sounds like nothing, but life moves so quickly that it's not. And just have that time with just as friends so if it's a group of you or just two of you whatever have that time with just you with no children there no dogs and pets there no boyfriends partners there just you as friends so you can like chat about the good times and the old times get drunk not get drunk go do something together and have that quality friendship time the same as you would in a relationship because it's kind of the same thing isn't it yeah like date night for but for your friends and stuff Mm. yeah i think that's nice definitely especially if there is a disparity between those of you that do have kids and those that don't. I have found as I've got an older, like my closest friends all don't have kids. And I don't think that's like coincidence. Mm. I don't, I haven't done it on purpose. No, I've yeah. definitely done it subconsciously, but it's sort of no wonder when you haven't got the kind of like the, the ties really to a child or that kind of thing in common. Like you can't talk about like punamis and things like that. Also I don't care. <laughs> yeah, there, there is that. Couldn't give a shit. Literally. Pun intended. <laughs> Yes, so it's hard. So that would be my advice. And I will say that I think friendships go in and out as well. So it's totally normal for, again, big groups or little groups to have times when your your friendships may be struggling or you haven't spoken to each other in a while, you feel like the other one doesn't like you or want to speak to you anymore or anything like that. It's totally normal. Again, my advice would always be to get in some proper like quality time. And I will say that the group of friends that I've got with Stacey, I'll call them the Stacey group, for about a year during the pandemic, we didn't see each other. And me and Stacey were like, we think this is it now. Like this, this is it. The seven of us who have known each other since when we met in September 2000. That's it, our friendship's done. And then it was one of the girls said, right, let's book something in, just the seven of us. And we did it. And it was one of the best days of my whole oh, life. that's so nice. And then the friendship was reborn. And then ever since, we now do lots of lovely things. So put the time and effort into to maintain the friendships that you want to, that aren't toxic friendships, that don't make you feel bad. And yeah, cut any one that does make you feel bad. See you later, bye. Yeah, I definitely would second that as well. Like, I think due to sort of self-esteem issues, I would say, I put up with a lot of really bad friendships or very one-way friendships. Mm narcissistic people I think as well in my life and um Mm. I think from a place of just kind of growing up a little bit really and kind of oh it sounds really cheesy but like knowing my worth I kind of realized actually like Mm. I'm not getting anything out of this this feels toxic for me and it was actually quite difficult to do that uh, especially with a couple of people but I feel better for it not only that but like the high hun like friendships I just don't really have like time for anymore they don't make you feel good like you say when if you're around them they don't make you feel good then like I would say I think it's better to have none than like than put up with that shit because you're not it's not serving you also just wanted to really quickly mention about Bumble for friends I think we've mentioned it before but I'll just really quickly say again so Bumble if you don't know is a dating app but they do also have a section on there for friendships so you can actually meet up on there and also don't forget our lovely Facebook group you can make friends honestly friendships are being made and like I just had a message from somebody yesterday they went to go to the cinema with someone she met on on the group and they've done like a bunch of stuff we know from last week's episode that the Brighton group are doing things every month Mm. like don't feel obligated to keep friendships because they are 
long running or nostalgic. Yes. If they are if they're not making you feel good, that's really fine. Life moves on. You're not the same person as you were. If they're a school friend, for example, you're not the same person that you were when you started school. No. So it's really fine, the same as relationships to move on and find new friends. And we've talked about ways to do it. But genuinely, if you're listening to this podcast, I can guarantee you you have got a friend waiting for you in our Facebook group somewhere. Just put, you know, put in about a meetup or, you know, an online friend. I'd, I'd love to know if there's some like, you know, friends across the pond that have been made and they, you know, like they chat online and stuff. That would, that's so cool. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? So we've had a question from a lovely listener called Toink, uh, who wants to know if we have any dating advice. And I think going from <laughs> what we spoke about at the beginning of the episode, maybe you might want to leave this one out. I don't know. What do you reckon, <laughs> yeah should we part i feel like i should be asking them (laughs) yeah let oh my god you should actually do that let's okay we're gonna put it to you guys what advice would you give lauren because i've obviously she needs a bit of a pick me up does that sound all right sound mate anything i just think it's yeah something about um i get a lot of messages from people that follow me on instagram and i love them so much because genuinely like every time like even today they've pulled me out of being really upset and people are telling me they're dating disasters. I'm not even getting to the point where I'm letting myself having the dating disasters yet because I'm not replying to people. There's a guy who's been messaging me, I think on Tinder, and he sent like four double messages. And I don't I don't mind a double message because it's like, oh, they're actually quite interested. And he seems really sweet. There is something stopping me messaging that man back. So, because I'm scared of what it could potentially be in terms of I don't want to get mugged off, can't be dealing with the shit chat. And, you know, potentially any comments about my body, I can't even deal with it. So something's stopping me. So please yeah, help me. really nice, I think. <laughs> Let's do that, definitely. We also had a question from a lovely listener called Amy about learning to embrace your body during sex. She says she still wears a top to cover herself. Oh my gosh, Amy, that makes me so sad. Do you know what? And she'll be, she won't be alone. The only thing I'd say to that, and I can't say this with any particular like authority because I haven't touched a penis since precedented times, babes. But um, I would say that if you're having sex with someone, if you've got to that point, they know what your body will look like. They know you're big. Your body is your body, whether you put a t-shirt on when you have sex or you don't. And I can understand it's such an intimate, like, oh my goodness, I can only imagine. They know what you look like. If you're worried about because of what they think about you, they know what you look like. And if you want to turn the light off, then that's called beans. Maybe start there. But they know. And I reckon if you took that top off, they'd bloody love their life. Yeah, I'm sure they would. A lot of the time it's in our head, isn't it? I think. But I remember watching this, I think it was like a documentary once. And it was saying, like, they were interviewing men about what they think the most attractive thing is in the bedroom. They were like, like every single one of them, do you know what they said? Confidence. And I think that is the most attractive quality anyway, whether you're in bed with someone or not. And I know that's so hard and it, I struggle with it personally as well. Like I think it's gotten a bit better as I'm older, but I still worry about like my belly, like getting in the way and things like that. And it's, mm. it, it can be difficult, but it should be enjoyable. It should be. We are going to do an episode about sex, aren't we? And intimacy. Yes. We're going to get um, an expert in as well because we're, we're obviously not qualified we're not professionals. <laughs> I'm married and Lauren's single, so neither of us have been having a lot of sex. (laughs) I know this is it. And this is the thing I need. I promised both of us when we started this podcast in January 2022 that I would date for research, she says, for the podcast. 
I've gone on one date since January, so that's gone well. And he was a bit racist, so uh, it's not gone well. Yeah, I know. But you've had also had a lot going on. And like, it's just one of those things as well. Like, it all happen like when, when you're good and ready. It'll happen when it happens. But I will say as well, what you said about confidence in the bedroom, it is so true because if you think about what you like, so I'm saying this to you, Laura, and I'm saying it to our listeners, what do you like in the bed? You know, think about like the best sex you've ever had. And I guarantee that person was confident and or knew what they were doing. And that's what made it the best sex ever. When I think of like the best sex I've ever had, I don't think about what he looks like. I think about what kind of like the vibe and what he did. People don't care as much as you think they do. And if they're having sex with you, my goodness, they just want to see the good stuff. So give them the good stuff. It's also like the same thing with like, you know, we talk about, you know, we say about my mood approach of like, you could be dead tomorrow. Like literally, imagine you were dead tomorrow yeah. and you like covered up in like leggings and a cardigan because you felt you had to, not because you wanted to, if you want to, that's fine. Yeah. But because you felt you had to and you had like sex with a t-shirt on because you felt like a bit like afraid or, you know, worried about how yeah. you look like. When you want to be having When the you wild want to be having wild sex, go yes. for it. Do you know what I also would wonder whether you could actually even talk to your partner maybe and just say, listen, I'm feeling a bit insecure about it and see what their reaction is. And hopefully they'll be understanding and say like, I'd love it if you take your top off like because I love those those bats. I don't know why I said bats, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Wow, I'm so turned on. Talk dirty to me, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> Get your baps out for the lads. <laughs> I really want a bat now. I want a Belgian bun. I'm hungry. Anyway, God, I'm talking about food. Crikey. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely talk to your partner. And I have to say, I've just finished a film called Good Luck to You, Leo Grand. It's Emma Thompson's new film. And it's all about... Oh my God, I need to see that. It's brilliant. It's all about intimacy and it's about female pleasure and I won't ruin it, but um, the gist of it, and this kind of happens in the first five minutes, so I don't think I'm ruining anything. So it is an older lady who is widowed, who had very, mm. very boring vanilla sex. No, like, no oral sex, no <gasps> kind of fun. It was literally just missionary for, like, however many years. Divorce. And so she hires this sex worker to basically, like, just to exper- experience new things. And it is, honestly, it's a beautiful film. It really made me cry, but it also really opened up my eyes about how we, as women, view our bodies, you know, and she kind of also she saw sex as something that was for her husband to pleasure him and to please him and not she didn't think <gasps> about herself so it's I've, mm. i thought it's a very empowering subtle but empowering film i really would recommend mm. it especially for our older listeners who may be in a similar position i love that and, and on that filling your life with kind of like the media that will you know get you going i'm starting to read some uh some some sassy books uh, some spicy books, Laura, and let me tell you. Have you? Oh, crikey, Mikey, have I? <laughs> they're romances and then they're sex scenes that are written by women for women. And the difference of reading a book that I think, you know, was written maybe 10 years ago that was written by a woman, but kind of like with the male gaze, reading a book that is written for the female gaze, those sex scenes Crikey, crikey, crikey. Don't worry. I'm going to put it on my Instagram. I'm going to put it. I'm going to go. I've literally bought like seven. I'm going to read them all. And I'm going to, I'm going to um, recommend some. <laughs> so one of the biggest things with friendships and dating as well is it's really genuinely, and it sounds so cheesy, but it's so important, my goodness, to love yourself so you can love other people or you have at least got the ability to give love to other people. So we had a really good question from one of our listeners, Holly. Hi, Holly. And she says, what's the biggest thing you've learned about yourself while doing the podcast? Oh, that is such a good question. Um, 
I feel like uh, one of the things I've learned is that I'm not alone. Like I think like I get, I'm so like mm. I get some really beautiful messages from people saying, thank you so much, you've helped me. But actually that, it also it helps me because I realise I'm not alone. Like things like struggling with the HS, I'm like, I, I yeah. never talk about it because I think, oh, it's gross. No one's going to want to know about it. Actually, it's not gross. It's just a condition. I can't help it. And it turns out thousands of other people have it as well. So yeah. yeah, I've learned that I'm not alone and that it's actually like, this is going to sound so cheesy, but I genuinely mean it like this. Actually, it's all right to be just who I am, like that I'm enough, I'm good enough. Because my whole life I felt not good enough because I was in a bigger body. Mm. And so I'm really, oh, I'm getting a bit emotional. But that is a really lovely thing. So thank you, all oh, of you. That's so nice. What about you? I can't pin down one thing, but what I will say is the way I feel about my body now is miles away from what I felt about it this time last year. Because really? this time last year, I was so caught up in the fact that I'd gained a lot of weight since I was like 24 and I looked completely different. And it was kind of like a secret, you know, like even though it obviously wasn't a fucking secret because people have eyeballs. I'd never mentioned it, never talked about it, never anything. And all of a sudden this podcast comes along and in the first episode, I'm saying, hi, you know, I've put on a fuck ton of weight and then I'm talking about why I've done that. And it's because of some, you know, awful things happening and, and me comforting myself with food. And I didn't realise that that was a normal thing. I didn't realise that was a normal reaction. And then same as you, I'm not alone in that that's happened. And loads of other people reached out to me to say, oh my God, me too. And I didn't feel alone. And then now I'm not really bothered by the weight gain so much. And that's because of this podcast but it's the reaction to this podcast as well Mm, so mm. yeah I can't put it down to one thing we've learned so both of us have learned so much in the last like eight months of doing this podcast and you've all taught us a bunch of stuff as well yeah that really has been amazing hasn't it like just yeah overwhelming and beautiful so thank you someone else asked us what our favorite Instagram accounts are at the minute for making us feel good Huge fan of Kanoa Green. We had her on the podcast a few episodes ago. If you don't follow her, you absolutely should. Oh, I love her. Another lady called Impo Life. So if you, and she's going through the menopause at the moment, she's absolutely hilarious. Love her account. She talks all about body confidence, especially while like going through the menopause and like kind of having adult kids as well and what that's like. Brummy Mummy of Twos, also very, very funny. Love her account. And another favourite of mine is a lady called Megan Carroll. Her handle is Megan.Carroll. And her strapline on her bio is, there is no weight limit on beauty. Um, she's absolutely stunning. Like, I kind of really fancy her, to be honest with you. <laughs> she's um, a babe. But yeah, she's, babe. <laughs> she's a real babe. I also really love, so her account is Curvy Roma. And she's another Lauren. And I just am obsessed with her because one, I love her style. And two, she's always going out for really fun days with her friends. And so I'm just like... Like I want to be her and I also want to be her best mate. So she makes me feel good because she lives her life and she, you know, she works really hard. And I just love seeing that side of people's life as well. There are so many accounts, like great, great accounts out there. But yeah, should we put a list up on socials? We'll put a list up on Instagram of some of our favourite ones. And I, the thing is, you're, you're probably all going to follow them anyway, but you're going to love them. Your Instagram makes me happy as well, Laura. Oh, thanks, you too. Uh, because you're just so great. Thanks, babes. And then nothing to do with body, but uh, Chris Evans fan accounts make me really fucking happy. So. <laughs> <laughs> how just, happy no that's that's oh, too, wait, much. too, too much. much too much <laughs> oh hilarious so talking of instagram we've had another question about what are your relationships like with instagram in a minute this is so timely because we had a chat about this didn't we when we saw each other yeah we did because you were saying that your 
having a bit of a tough time with it at the moment. Like, mm. basically, it's the Instagram algorithm has changed so much. Mm. so so much recently where it's like basically telling everyone that they have to do reels you basically there's no point in posting like photos anymore yeah I'm, I'm struggling with instagram because i found myself you know this was my personal instagram and then all of a sudden becoming really preoccupied with the numbers and stuff that does not matter and for me it's not how i make money and i've got my full time so this is just like a little thing on the side and i was just becoming yeah. preoccupied with it so I, i'm I, yeah i'm really struggling i'm still really struggling i think i've kind of made a decision where i want to go with it in that I'm just going to kind of post things that make me happy. I really struggled with the whole trolling stuff and people saying shit comments. Mm. And I don't think I'll ever be a person that will be able to be all right with it. So, you know, I said to Laura the other day, I don't know how she does it. Like, I genuinely don't know how people do it who get, you know, a ton of hate. It's just, oh, just so strong. So, yeah, I'm struck to funk. I think I'm just going to use it, be way, like, less intense about it and just more low-key, more fun and enjoy it for the fact that I get to talk with our listeners on there and people that follow me about really lovely stuff and we get to have really nice chats in, in my DMs and in the comments and I get to catch up with people's lives, both my friends and the people that I follow and just use it for that instead. Yeah, I think that's a really good attitude to have to it. I think it's also really natural to go through phases with it. I definitely do. Like, I've fallen out of it a few times and felt like, God, I don't know if this is for me anymore. Like, oh, mate. it's a really hard balance between sharing and then sharing too much. It's it's tricky. I'm, I'm very grateful for it. And um, on the whole, I have to say, like, I really love it. Like, it's, you know, like I was saying earlier about, you know, the podcast and that. And I feel like... I get so many messages from people saying that I've helped them, which is so lovely. But that also, that really, like, it helps in me and it it boosts me. The good definitely outweighs the bad for me personally. And I kind of just feel like I'm doing it because it's what I wish I had when I was younger. Like, because there's so many other people out there that, that are like... And this is the thing, I'm always so conscious of it. And I, I'm, I never, ever would shame, like, I don't want to, like, skinny shame people. What I'm what, what I'm trying to say is that there are so many accounts out there from, like, fitness people. And, like, they look amazing. And it's no disrespect to them at all because they look fucking fabulous and good for them. Like, mm. they obviously, that's their thing. They love the gym and all of that. That isn't me. And, like, that's all I saw growing up. Mm. So, like, for me, it's just really important to have, like, representation. And so that's a big reason of why I do it and to kind of, like help others so like on the whole i genuinely really love it but i do have my wobbles as well last question we had was from our listener and this is a big topic and one we are gonna i feel like we always say this we're gonna do an episode on but that, we're gonna do an episode on this but we are so this is something that i'm really interested to talk about and to obviously learn about as well she says is it normal that i'm learning to love myself but i still feel like i want to lose weight i can't tell what's lingering diet culture and what's me truly wanting to lose weight <sighs> God, do you know what? I probably would say most people are like that. I love the way that she worded it of like, I can't tell what's lingering diet culture and Mm. what's not. Like, it's so true. And there's been really interesting conversations about this in the Facebook group recently of like, you feel like you're betraying, you know, everyone because you want to lose weight, but it's still okay to lose weight. It is. It's totally okay to lose weight. Mm. We're not, we've never been anti-health or anti I say it's very difficult to say that we're not anti-diet. I am anti-diet because I don't we're think... We're anti-diet culture. No, I am anti-diet, Lauren, oh, because okay. I am anti-diet because 95% of them don't work. That's not to say that it's okay to eat like 57 pizzas a day and make yourself ill. Like I'm all about, and what I'm trying to do is have a healthier relationship with food. And if I lost weight, 
that might be a byproduct of it but I personally think that if that's your end goal Mm. if it's purely for aesthetics I think that's where we often fall down because I think dieting and restriction leads to binging and then overeating and that's when you get that diet binge cycle and that's why they don't work that's why people end up putting on all the weight and sometimes more it's so tricky and it it can sort of feel like a bit of a gray area but for me diet culture is like people profiting off of your insecurities right so like your diet clubs and that kind of thing and diet culture is like you must eat salad to be skinny yeah like the opposite of that is me going do you know what? i really want a salad for lunch mm. because it's hot and that's really refreshing and that's what i want it isn't i'm gonna eat 20 pizzas because that's because i can and i think that is a struggle for some people even myself to kind of get like the head around i think it's a lot because a lot of the time online we either see this body positive world where a lot of body positive influence will be like you cannot diet you'd be anti the fat community basically if you're betraying the fat community if you want to lose weight and diet mm. and then you've got the fitness industry people and the really skinny minis that are all like look at me i'm so perfect and what i eat in a day is nothing and so sometimes i think it's kind of hard to to have like an in-between yeah i think the trick is honestly like you don't have to love yourself every day but just like show your yourself love and in terms of what you're eating and things like that and just remember that your body is yours and yours alone so like look after it do what you need to do to make you feel happy yeah. like I personally know that being on diet makes me miserable yeah <laughs> like I do it doesn't mean I don't enjoy vegetables and fruit though but dieting makes me miserable so like good luck with it we're all on a similar path and trying to figure it out together like there's no right or wrong and don't ever feel like you're betraying the fat community if you want to lose weight I think I think what gets people's backs up is when people lose weight and then be like, oh my God, I was horrific before. Look at me. What a fat scenic juice I was. I get that if you've lost weight and it's like brilliant for you, but like just don't forget what it was like and the stigma around mm, it. That. Of being bigger and the hardships. That's all it is. That's all it is for me anyway. Like I, when people lose weight, I think, oh, good for you. Great. Cool. So yeah, it's um, it's a minefield, but we're all in it together and we'll get through it together. Um, I've really enjoyed this episode. It's been really nice, selfishly, to catch up. But I've actually loved doing the Q and A as well. I have as well. It's really interesting. The kind of like let like different questions that everyone's asked us. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for your questions again. And if you've ever got anything that you want to ask us or talk to us about, then you can email us at golove at crowdnetwork.co.uk or chat to us over on Instagram. Our handle is at goloveyourselfpod. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We love you all so much. You know that. And we will see you next week. See you. Bye. Bye. Crowd Network, a place where you belong.